0: Welcome back, loyal listeners. This is episode 21 of What's Up, Doc?
1: Humanities. I'm Henry. And I'm Leandra.
0: And our podcast is finally Legal Drinking Age.
1: Oh, we should be drinking when we do this episode. For more than one reason, considering what is the topic of this episode.
0: Uh, we still need to kind of, uh, what is it? We have to, uh, quarantine <laughs> our alcohol, uh, um... um
1: R- ration. Say, ration ration okay <laughs>
0: rationing is the word we are rationing alcohol otherwise i'd be like yeah go for it but i don't know I don't yes
1: know. why i said we might need a drink for today's episode is because we are talking about the tiger king
0: yes yes everybody's talking about it it's been talked about we actually watched this documentary like when the day when it came, came out, out, we yeah. binged it.
1: I have to admit, too, the topic of the Tiger King, the story of the Tiger King is not news to me. I uh, listened to uh, the Wondery podcast Joe Exotic last fall, and I remember even like having some side conversations with Henry about it, and I got kind of obsessed about it, too. Plus, we live in Missouri, and we don't live that far from Joe Exotic, so stories about these kind of faux animal sanctuaries, this isn't really news. But since everybody was getting into Joe Exotic, people to whom— in my circle that don't watch documentaries, don't talk to me about documentaries, we're obsessing over this documentary. So we had to watch it. And watch it yep. we did. We binged it in one day.
0: Honestly, I get so sick of weirdos from around this area <laughs> yeah. that when she told me about the podcast last year, I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get it. We live around.
1: And honestly, we don't even live that far. People. There's like a reptile zoo that's not very far from where we live. There's a big cat animal sanctuary down south in Arkansas. Like, people having exotic animals around here. It's just kind of this bizarre way of life. Yeah. So, the Joe Exotic story...
0: God, like, there's so many
1: It's just, this, weird. Is, this is normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, rural life. People own these dog kennels everywhere, mm-hmm. and you just never know. It's just... So, it is a way of life, it is.
1: So, this is the Tiger King colon murder, mayhem, and madness. And I really want to emphasize the latter because this story becomes this seven episode just insert expletive show. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like camo, camo meets animal print meets. Mushrooms and politics and cults and drugs and all of this crazy stuff. I always like write notes before we do these episodes, and I was sitting down trying to outline all the things I wanted to talk about. And I think it's like virtually impossible to even do that. So I there's think the, too much. there's just too much. So I think what we're gonna do for this episode is instead of summarizing, even though honestly you can you probably have seen everything you need to know about yeah, Tiger King on Facebook.
0: Hopefully you already know it.
1: We're gonna just talk to you about if if you're one of those people who maybe haven't watched it yet, is it worth your time and things that we can take away from this documentary from just like a purely like documentary loving kind of standpoint. I will tell you, it is rated 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and it has been streamed over 34 million times. So this is definitely Netflix's, like, biggest, if not... I mean, certainly one of the biggest, if not the biggest sort of streaming Definitely reminds revenues. me of
0: uh, Making a Murder. When it I had that popular. kind of...
1: Yeah, like, that hype. But, um, but uh, I'm sure that probably was contributed to the fact that we're all in quarantine right now. Because this is really the content that I think everybody can rally around. It is a documentary. It had some really interesting sociopolitical commentary just about, like animal conservationism and, um, you know, the legitimacy of these things that I think could kind of have an academic standpoint. But really, this is just like watching TMZ and just getting sucked into, like, this sensationalized story.
0: Well, that's my main problem with the documentary is it starts off with, like, a pretty clear direction of, hey, we're going to examine these big cat uh, rescue people Mm -hmm. and just look at their legitimacy or who's really the... Who's really like, are these saviors, victims, kind of mm-hmm. like just almost like an animal rights documentary at the start mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, and the, then it gets the, completely side The
1: documentarian actually is, I did kind of like a quick search about him. Most of his projects have involved doing more nature documentaries or more um, kind of of the standpoint of like protecting and preserving animals and you can tell that's how they got this started because they were going like around Florida, and I think specifically it was snakes. They were like,
0: yeah, he mentions that at people the beginning, who of the-
1: were like, yeah, like housing these wild yeah. snakes. And then while they were filming that
0: exotic, yeah,
1: a person shows up in a van with a big cat, like in the back of their van. And so then that's where the story begins. And so Joe Exotic lives in Oklahoma, like we said, not that far from here, and he has this huge just plot of land in which he raises um, and and, and showcases and does these shows and stuff with these big cats. And so I think why Joe Exotic is such an interesting figure and why everybody's obsessed about it is because he's just a weirdo. And so that became the story. And so the direction of the documentary, you can tell, kind of went off the rails.
0: I don't want to criticize it too much because it was good. But it is sad, though, that really – I think the more pointed story was these people, Doc Ant Teal or whatever his Doc name is.
1: Doc who's a horrible, horrible person.
0: That there's a culture where they raise cubs and then they kill them. Right. When they're no longer cubs. When they're no and longer monetized. And that to me, monetized. even though the documentary shows us this, mm. kind of proves it to us. like, dances around this for seven episodes. They never really, like, drive that home that this is what's happening. And and, and I think that's because all the weird shit gets, like, completely overwhelmed.
1: Yeah, you can tell, like, the documentarians went into it with this intention. And then with uh, Kirkman, his name is Rick Kirkman. Rick Kirkman was a producer, like, well-known producer, legitimate producer, who also got roped into the story. And then once Rick Kirkman kind of reveals his time living with Joe Exotic because he was going to make a reality show before all of his footage got burned up mysteriously. I think once Rick Kirkman came on and was like telling them all of this stuff and then they interview like the head zookeeper and then they interview the head manager and then all these people like Saf who lost his arm um, in the zoo and then they interview, like it just kind of like spills out from there and I feel like the documentarians probably knew like the more interesting story was Joe Exotic as this gay cowboy, go, gun-toting...
0: Because it is a train wreck.
1: Governor wanna being, like, crazy dude. That becomes the story, but what I'm hoping is... And, and I, it was wildly entertaining. I don't want to sound critical at all, but what I'm hoping is, is that what was the central focus of the story, which is there are more tigers in captivity in America than there are in the wild, and how that's allowed to happen, and how there aren't, you know, these kind of territories for tigers to exist in the wild, like, I want that to be more of the focus, and I'm hoping that once the kind of, like, the hoopla surrounding the story kind of dies down, and it will, that we don't forget what is disturbing, and being in an area in the Midwest in which these kinds of things exist all around us, and it's so sad, like, I'm hoping more attention will get drawn to that content.
0: Oh, yeah. Interestingly enough... I think all those people were... Weirdos, and I think you could have done a whole nother documentary about how oh, yeah. crazy that Doc Antle was. Or he
1: is so you kind of understand, or if it's been a couple of weeks since you watched it, remember he is the guy that also owns a cat sanctuary. Cat sanctuary, I cannot say that word sanctuary. sanctuary. Thank you, but he also has this weird like polyamory cult, and he's like married or pseudo married to like all of these girls, and then they like work like. Ridiculous hours a week and live in like horse stables, like crazy. Oh, it was definitely stuff. like a cult. And what's weird and annoying about everybody, and Carol Baskin's also like kooky crazy too. Like, I don't want to divert the attention too much on Joe Exotic, but there's even a quote in the documentary that somebody says, like, you know, all these animal people, they're nuts. And it's true, they're all crazy. But I think what's interesting is they all like think that they're not crazy and everybody else is crazy. But when you actually like stack them against each other, Doc Antle, Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin, Even Jeff Lowe, like they're all like the same person. They're all these megalomaniac personalities. Weirdos, yeah. Who think they're like God's gift to animals Uh and like are sociopathic in their nature and like it hits the fan. It's crazy. But
0: that's the the problem I had with it is that's what ends up becoming the focus of the documentary is Carol Baskin, did she murder her husband? Mm -hmm. Um, All the crazy stuff with Joe Exotic and his like side projects and just his. All of the those things it it really does mm-hmm. take the driver's seat while all the animal rights issues take a huge back seat, and that's kind of like uh, yeah that's okay true. like that kind of makes me think that you should have either finished the first documentary yeah. and then did a follow-up documentary mm-hmm. just about Joe exotic. Because putting them together, I just don't think it, it really like.
1: And I think like your did it
0: did it's, the message service. On I think that. your
1: comparison earlier to making a murder is appropriate because I feel like making a murder got so sensationalized. But if it like opens up this conversation to people about like our flawed justice yeah. system or like abuses that take place, and you know just the. The kind of things that like marginalized poor people have to go through. Like, if that becomes the conversation after the fact, then I think that could be a good thing. And I feel like with this one too, maybe that could happen.
0: But Stephen Avery was also a character, but I feel like they still reined it in to say, this guy was a character, Uh, but here is the message. Look at this, the justice system. This one, I feel like. The idea of the character well overwhelmed and everything they were trying to say about the
1: character. I don't um, want to take away. Cub
0: breeding and yeah. all that. That kind of felt like, well, isn't, isn't that the whole point of why you started doing this? Yeah.
1: And it, it is so easy. Like, I don't want to sound like too hoity toity. Like, it is so easy to get sucked into this, like, kooky guy who, you know, makes music videos of his love about tigers, even though he's not singing or has written the material or, like, him having this, like, throuple with these two men who both acknowledge are not gay, you know, or him, like, blowing up explosives or him, like, wearing these, like, rhinestone... It's just, like, it's so... I don't want to sound like I didn't get sucked into it because I did, and I am excited about the idea of my friends who maybe, like, don't watch documentaries that often engaging in this new kind of media to them. I'm excited about people getting interested in that, and maybe, like, after they watch... Um, you know, Tiger King. Maybe they'll watch something like Blackfish, or yeah. you know, some other. I think really important document documentarian work that can enact change, or even something like we really liked Finders Keepers. It's like and,
0: Blackfish like, turned into Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got the documentary like.
1: That's oh. good. I like that. Um, yeah. So. That's Tiger King. I mean, there's so much more we can say.
0: But that's the problem I have with the the documentary. It's just like I don't like watching the Honey Boo Boo show because it's just like, yes, when you put a big spotlight on these crazy white trash people, guess what? They perform for you and then you realize it. But you know, it It is is
1: embarrassing. To me, though,
0: it's embarrassing because you people think, "Well, that's 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 Oklahoma's like that's rural, rural uh, Midwest." Look at all these crazy uh, junkies and Mm. all these things. Run. That's not Mm. you're putting a big spotlight on a fraction of kooky people.
1: Yeah, and it is hard too because I feel like somebody like Joe Exotic, who clearly has some serious psychological issues, and the podcast that I listened to kind of went into that with his brother having died really young and and the documentary does a little bit, but he had also had a boyfriend or maybe his first husband that died also. So he definitely has issues, but instead of like tackling that or addressing that, it's almost like they're encouraging him to exacerbate this like wild behavior, which is clearly like, I I might even argue a kind of call for help. Like he wants attention because he doesn't feel as though Mm. I don't know. I'm trying you to rationalize his behavior.
0: You want attention.
1: Yeah. Now, That's, interestingly enough, I think this is a good segue. No, yeah, so, I know this for a fact. Henry and I, we've known each other for a long time. And one of my favorite stories <laughs> about Henry came early on in our friendship. Henry told me this story about how his family, former family member had owned a tiger. Now, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you'll know that I love cats. I'm not like Carol Baskin, kooky, crazy cat lady, but I do love cats. So... I just love animals. So this story came about years ago, and we haven't even thought about it since Yeah. we first talked about it. And then we watched The Tiger King, and now it's all I can think about. Well, so, we
0: asked my dad yesterday, because I was like, hey, did... did so You tell the story. Where did Jewel buy her tiger? Because... No, you so, have to
1: start from the beginning. People don't know what you're talking about.
0: Well, just to tell you, um, when I was probably middle, like junior high, my... Uh, and at the time, I don't even know how to reference her because she wasn't my step-grandma because she had been married to my grandpa, but they were divorced but still lived together and hated each other, but yet they still lived in the same house. And she ran a kennel in... in a dog kennel. A dog kennel in Seneca, and she was very eccentric. And so you understand and
1: geography and She had like a
0: big beehive that she wore. Beehive and like, hair. Yeah, beehive hair. And then she just... She was like... All, decorate her house the most gaudy way. It was just weird. The She whole, was like
1: a Dolly Parton one of them. Yeah,
0: and the dog kennel wasn't... In fact, watching the Tiger King, like, park, looking at, like, how it was kind of like this mix of, like white trash and, like, like, ramshackle. Ramshackle. That reminds me of her dog kennel. That really does.
1: So, Jewel... So, to to summarize here, Jewel had a dog kennel in Seneca, which is near the border of Oklahoma and Missouri.
0: Yeah, and then one day, she came to my grandpa's upholstery shop and basically was, like, showed him that she had bought a tiger, randomly. And
1: his she, name was Zena, we think.
0: I think that's what the tiger's name was, Zena. I think it was a she. But, anyway, she kept it in her house, and then my mom... Stop letting us go over there because it got big. And then uh, um, I remember they built a fence, and it was f- c- it fenced in there. I mean, she did all kinds of crazy stuff. She brought it to my sister's wedding, which was pissed my sister <laughs> off big time. But anyway,s so there was this like weird thing in my life that I didn't, I thought was just didn't like to tell people about it because it was embarrassing that this lady Strain who I was associated dancing. with.
1: And then remember... Owned the,
0: a tiger and was pretty obnoxious about it. Well, then I go to college. And I'm in the journalism program at Mizzou. And uh, we were... My uh, professor at the time, she was from Seneca. And they were going over, like, the, what was the news of the day or whatever. And she had mentioned that in her hometown of Seneca, some lady had uh, her tiger taken away. And it was being brought up to Columbia that had a sanctuary there. And I was like, "Oh man, I know that." Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you tell these people in your yeah, class? And okay. they just
0: thought it was so crazy. I thought, "Oh man, this is so embarrassing."
1: So did they? Her cat get taken away because she died, or because no, her dog she got, got
0: sick, okay. and then she the, had not been home were, for a couple or, of days. Okay. And her neighbors were always hated her and were afraid of her. And they finally got the authorities to go over there and like basically take away all those animals, including
1: Zeno. that massive
0: tiger, which. We're about a hundred percent sure she bought from Joe Exotic.
1: Okay, so that's where I want to. Because she talk bought it from story. somebody
0: in Oklahoma, and he's not that far away from us. Because
1: so. when I said at the beginning of this podcast, this idea of people owning, owning exotic animals is not news to us. This is what we mean. Like, it's not. It's really easy to do a game of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon and figure out how somebody in your life, or your family's life, or your friend's life, have owned an alpaca, or have owned a monkey, or have owned a tiger. It's just this, again, just strange kind of element of living in the Midwest. So when we watched Tiger King, I got obsessed with this idea of like, we need to find paperwork of where Jewel bought her tiger. Well, it's virtually impossible to find this paperwork, but it's pretty safe to assume that...
0: She's dead now, by the way. Jewel,
1: the grandmother, step-grandma, is dead. She passed away probably about 10
0: years ago. So
1: there's no way to even like figure this out. But imagine our like, I don't want to say delight, but curious surprise... (laughs) To realize this huge, like, phenomenon that's going on is, like, literally happening so very close to home, both geographically and in our family.
0: (laughs) I have mixed feelings about this whole thing. Just because it is embarrassing, and the whole time, you would—because you have to think, like, how do they feed these tigers? They don't feed them because literally that tiger required her to buy, like, whole chickens every day. And you got to think, like, it's hard enough for me— to feed our cats,
1: <laughs> our domesticated cats. Yes.
0: Like making oh god, a bag of cat food every month I got to yeah. buy, you know, but
1: she'd have to feed it like And three how much a day. money
0: yeah. it actually costs? And it just so a lot of these people who own these animals, you know, they're not taking proper care yeah. of it because I know Jewel, I mean, and she had money, but it was like again, it takes a it's not a financially, you know, it's not something you could do financially. Right. It really is an extravagant thing, but a lot of these people aren't that extravagant.
1: I think that's it's really is
0: scary. On important
1: that. about like, you know, the the kind of debate even surrounding zoos is like, what are their larger purposes here? And I think, you know, zoos can be this really excellent resource to like, you know, build this love and appreciation for nature and encouraging conservation and and being mindful of the fact that we share this planet with so many other species but it feels like the at least the characters in this documentary and the ones that live around here it's like more of this like weird
0: there shouldn't be financial gain in yeah. the zoo
1: Absolutely. It
0: should be non-profit. It should be, All the way.
1: But, you know, this, like, idea of, like, are you buying this animal and wanting to take care of this animal because you want to, like, extend a helping hand? Or is it more about getting attention? Is it more about, like, feeding your ego? And at least in the case of Joe Exotic, who we've later discovered doesn't even like big cats or, at the very least, is, like, afraid of big cats. You know, I think it's more about, like, he was just more concerned about creating this persona. And the irony, of course, is is that everybody knows who Joe Exotic is and now he's in jail and likely will die there. And so there is some, like, you know, irony. (laughs) Yeah. I think with that whole kind of idea. But I do feel as though it's really long, the documentary. It is entertaining. You'll be
0: entertained. It is one of those that... I honestly felt like, and that's why we were able to binge it so quickly is some of these longer docu series mm-hmm. you just get those like really slow episodes. This one actually had like a steadily increase in it because you could kind of tell it went from. The original purpose mm-hmm. to then focusing on Joe Exotic, that it did have a lot of content, almost too much.
1: I felt like, though, like, dedicating a whole episode, essentially, to whether or not to Carol Baskin kill her husband, I don't know, It's kind I, of excessive. That's what I'm
0: saying, it gets into yeah, the TMZ kind of stuff. Kind I, of, that stuff, it was interesting. Yeah. But, because, honestly, I don't know. Like, they let me, I really was like, oh, I doubt that lady killed her husband. But then I watched that episode, I'm like, well, uh, based on that evidence, I don't know. Like, I need to look further into it, but... But how um, much,
1: how relevant is that to the story of Joe not, making not,
0: these... How, how relevant is yeah. that to the tigers? Right. Uh, absolutely yeah. not. This is all just weird sensationalism. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, a snippet of it helps round out Joe Exotic's obsession with Carol Baskin, but yeah. aside from that, yeah, you're right. It was kind of a just a weird... I thought they were doing that episode when we started watching that episode. I was like, oh, this is where they're going to kind of... Because they've let Joe Exotic say that this lady's killed her husband. Now they're going to show us that she didn't kill her husband and that his... Where he gets his theories, but how they're unfounded. And then they didn't. And I was like, what the hell was that? (laughs) It is.
1: I would say this is you know, we're all in quarantine right now. Um, this would be, have been a fun one to watch with a group of people and kind of like discussing it together. Um, and so I would, I would say that, you know, I'm thankful that content like this exists right now to kind of keep people entertained. Cause I've definitely been feeling quarantine blues this week. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that other people can engage on social media and, you know, discuss with their friends. And I I, I think that it's it. Purpose- as that kind of source of entertainment during a time that is otherwise like really depressing and sad, it hit the mark. But in terms of like hard hitting, you know, moralistic journalism that is really advocating for change and pushing for animal rights and conservation. Yeah, I don't know about that. So I guess it would really just depend on kind of like what you are searching for. If you don't like Facebook fodder, I wouldn't bother with it. But if you like Wild crazy stories about cookie people. Yeah. Give it a go.
0: You bet. Give it a go. (laughs) One last thing I have to say about it.
1: About Jewel or
0: (laughs) No is I saw a tiger and the tiger saw me. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, you
1: can download uh, Joe Exotic, I think, on iTunes now.
0: That's not really him singing. That's not yeah. really
1: him singing. I so. found
0: that out today. You're welcome. I just thought they auto-tuned the shit out of his voice. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was a completely different guy. That's a whole other wacky story is if you read what how how did, how did that all come we about. We you even talk
1: about Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe is a crazy story. T- the one who yeah. took over this. I, again, I don't want to get down into a black hole here, but it, it is what it is. It is...
0: Let me what it is. Re- rewrite this song. <laughs> I saw assholes and they made a show <laughs> called <laughs> Tiger King. Anyways, all right.
1: I don't know what else we could say.
0: Um. Well, thank you, our loyal listeners. We've gotten quite a few, but, you know, even in this quarantine time, there's still the original, the OG supporters, and that goes out to... My friend Thad, mm. my friend Holly, Aaron, and Brittany. Thank you guys for being our patrons. Um, if you would like to get mentioned on this podcast, please become a supporter. We have levels, and uh, we just recently had a a raffle, and we've started slowly distributing prizes to people. But being in quarantine has it's made
1: it more difficult. Made
0: it a little more difficult, but we'll get them out there. We'll get them there. Mm. Um, Good thing we went to true-false. Thank God. Thad uh, posted on our Patreon page uh, a comment on a photo about, at the festival, how just weird those photos look now in context. Because those are literally like a week before everybody went into quarantine. And honestly, knowing what we know now, a lot of people probably already had uh, the coronavirus then Mm -hmm. and didn't know it. That's what's coming out. It's
1: And again, I don't want to get too far into this conversation, but it's like, that is one of the largest film festivals in the whole United States, one of the biggest festivals that takes place over the state of Missouri. And we were surrounded by all these awesome people who were passionate and interested about documentary and art and music and culture. And now it's like we're confined to our living room. And even though that was only a little over a month ago, it just feels so otherworldly. And I know all of us are going through that right now. And like I said, I've just been kind of feeling just the, I think the the isolation really kicking in this week and I think that's why it's really important now more than ever for us to just engage with stories with documentaries and learn more about the world and and not lose sight of the fact that there is you know this yes pandemic going on but there's so much about the world that we still have yet to learn and know and I think that's why I love documentaries because it gives me a sense of self-awareness that
0: Mm.
1: I don't have before watching that documentary and so I think if anything, this is a really good time to engage in some really good documentaries that are e- easily sourced. I put on yep. our Patreon page somebody um, lovingly compiled um, like a Google Excel sheet of all the documentaries that had have been screened at. True false, and then even listed all the places where you can um, currently stream them. And there's some really good documentaries too. Yeah, there's on Hulu one that and
0: we haven't watched. Netflix but, and Amazon.
1: Uh, I really want to watch um, Crip Camp. Crip Camp. That's on Netflix It's out on now. Netflix right now. And it was at this year's festival. Um, um, HBO has, is doing the Atlanta Child Murders, murders one right so we'll now. We haven't had a chance to watch
0: And we still have a lot of uh, true false movies that, or true false documentaries mm-hmm. that we haven't done an episode, but we're going mm-hmm. to. In fact in just a little bit we'll be back with mm-hmm. uh, another episode probably Phil's good man or yeah. something
1: so anyways so, I don't want to sound too preachy but I think this is a good time to just be watching really good content I don't know if I would consider Tiger King you know good content but it's entertaining and it'll take it is you out an of entertaining. it'll it, be escape from a reality for a little while which we all need right now
0: see you later have a fun one <laughs> goodbye <laughs>